Morning, church. Morning. We're reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 9, and then 13 to 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. <coughs> Pardon me. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Malcolm. Oh, now there we go. Thank you, Malcolm, for that Bible reading. I have been so enjoying this series on faith. And if you have those booklets with you, I just want to just touch on once again what we have learned so far. And the first one we went through was what it is to live by faith, what faith is, our faith is important, growing strong in faith, and last week we talked about faith must be released. And this is a big part of, of faith, of, is being released. So what we want to do, we're going to focus on that again today. Amen? We are a church that our faith grows exceedingly. Can we all say that together? I have exceedingly growing faith. Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where we just read from. I'm going to see if my... Does this work for me if I control it now? This is my first time using this technology, so I'm learning. Oh, there we go! I can do this from my phone. That's exciting. <laughs> Yay! So, faith must be released. So, we talked about what faith is and why it's important. And so we talked about what faith is. Faith is simply what we believe. And I know lots of people have different definitions of faith, but what we've seen from scripture, and I encourage you to go back, listen to um, our podcasts that we have on Facebook and on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and go back and come along with us for where we are at today, because it is so important to know what faith is, because throughout the Bible, faith is a huge topic, right? So we wanna know what it is and why it's important. But today, faith must be released. How is this microphone, guys? It sounds really tingy. I might just switch to the handheld. How's that? That's better. Less tingy. So faith must be released. So we're going to talk about two things today. How we can release our faith. 
and why releasing our faith is important. And I remember when I was about 18 years old, and I just got my personal training certificate, and it's a little bit different here in Australia. Australia has a really good education system. Canada, not so bad, but um, the, my personal training certificate course that I took was a two weekend course. And uh, so from the two weekends, um, I went to apply for my very first job as a personal trainer. And it's a very well-known gym, one of the top gyms in the country, actually. And I remember walking in for this interview, and I was being, so, I was so nervous because in my head I'm thinking I am not good enough for this job. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have a two weekend course. My qualifications really are nothing compared to some of the trainers who work at this gym. But and I, I remember going into the interview and as I was walking in, I was grabbing hold of the door to walk in and in my heart came a scripture of I will make you what you ought to be, which is Hebrews 13, 21. And that verse, that verse of scripture just came to my heart and I was like, you know what, okay, that is what God's word says, what do I believe? So I'd ask myself, what do I believe about the situation? Do I believe that I am inadequate, that I am not good enough, that I don't know what I'm doing? Or do I believe what God says in his word is true? And that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves about every circumstance that we may be facing at this moment. What do I believe about this situation? Because what we believe, that is where our faith begins. And so walking into this gym, that scripture came to my heart and just before I walked in for the interview, I said, Lord, I choose to believe that your word is true regardless of how I feel, regardless of what my mind is saying about me, I know that your word is true, that you will make me what I ought to be for this job. So I went in there and I acted on that, so knowing that, okay, this is his word is true. His word is more true than how I feel at this moment. I walked in for that interview, in boldness and in faith, I said, I, I'm good for this job. And I you know, answered all the questions and by the grace of God, because when you act on his word and you act on his promises, his grace will come and his grace is sufficient for you. And so I went into the interview, I answered all the questions, they wanted me to demonstrate some exercises and did all that kind of stuff. And I remember about a week later, I got a call from them and say, how would you like to work for us? And I was like, I'm sorry, could you just repeat that again? She's like, how would you like to work for us? So I was like, yeah, of course. And then of course I, I got the job my first week there, I got thrown like 15, because I was taken over from another, another uh, personal trainer. I got 15 client files and all these different things of someone had back injuries, knee surgery, shoulder surgery. And again, this panic starts to come on me of like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. These people are coming to me for serious help and I have no idea what I'm doing. But again, it's what do you believe? His word is still the same of I will make you what you ought to be. So what I would do is I would write that scripture over and over again. This is just how I, how I do it. This is what works for me. But I would write that scripture. He will make me what I ought to be. And he will equip me with everything good so that I may carry out his will. So I wrote that. And I would speak that over myself. And then I would go into work. And I would act on what I believed. And I would go into that, um, those meetings with my clients. And honestly, the wisdom of God would just come to me. It's amazing. I cannot explain it. But God is faithful to his word. Faith must be released. It says in James chapter 2, it says, faith without works is dead. And sometimes we get confused, we get hung up on the word works. 
because we think, well, we have, then I have to earn something to get God to do something. And that's, that's not what James is talking about. Faith, another way of saying it, faith without corresponding actions is dead. So without acting on what you believe to be true, that faith is useless. It's like when you use like a glove or mittens, which I'm not sure how many Australians are used to wearing gloves and mittens, but you know when you put your hand inside of a glove, right, all of a sudden the glove is able to move, right, because your hand is in it. But if your hand is not in that glove anymore, that glove is just there, it's lying there, but it's not doing anything. Right, so your faith, and when you act on your faith, that action is what produces that, the, for the glove to actually be able to move. Does that kind of make sense? That's how I, that's how always helped me with faith, but when it comes to faith must be released, that is just a specific part that we are focusing on today, because faith is a huge topic, and there's a lot that goes into it, just like baking a cake. I don't bake, but I'm assuming. When you bake a cake, there's lots of ingredients that are required to make a cake. And what we're talking about today, just like you would use flour and eggs and sugar, we're just talking about one portion of this recipe for faith, okay? Does that make sense? So faith must be released. So two things, how faith can be released is through number one, our words, and number two, our actions. So from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which Malcolm read from, says Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of God may be of God and not of us so then listen to this he says we are hard pressed on every side yet we are not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair we are persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed what was Paul saying here Paul was not simply just denying a problem that he was going through. He wasn't saying, no, there's no problem. No, there's no despair. No, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. He was acknowledging, yes, there is some stuff that is happening, but we know something that has more weight. He knew something that carried much more weight than what he was currently experiencing at the time. So Paul was confessing what he believed to be true. Paul was declaring what he believed to be true in spite of the circumstances he was facing. And this is the spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. Paul spoke what he believed because he knew something that carried more weight to him than his present circumstances. And so Paul, I mean, Paul went through some serious stuff. If you read at the beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he was talking about some of the stuff he went through that he said that we were so hard pressed that we despaired even of life itself. But, he said that helped us to depend not on ourselves, but on God who gives us the power. So Paul was going through some stuff when he was declaring these things that we are hard pressed, but we are not in despair. We are crushed, but not destroyed. So whatever circumstance you may be going through right now, you, we can have the faith, we can believe what, what God said is true, and we can walk through that situation victoriously. Amen? That is why faith is so important, because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's why we want to take this time and just slowly unpack what faith is, why it's important, how to release it. It may sound like these things repetitive and simple, but you know what? Because it is absolutely, this is the victory. This is where it is right here. It's simply through believing, through speaking, and through acting. 
And again, that's what we're focusing on today. There's so much more. So stick with us. But Paul had this spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. For us to walk in the promises of God, faith must be released. So why then? Why do we need to release our faith? Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. We went through this last week as well, but it's always good to hear scripture again. Mark chapter 11. Verses 22 to 24. And this is the fig tree that, um, that, Jesus, that Pastor Graham was talking about last week. And this is about the fig tree that Jesus cursed. And in verse 22, Jesus answered the disciples and he said to them, Have faith in God. And another way of saying that is have the God kind of faith. So when God created the world, what did God do? God spoke the earth into existence. So God speaks, and it says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 that he upholds all things by the word of his power. So if this is how God uses faith, uses faith, then we, as those who have been created in the same image after his likeness, then we do the same thing. If God speaks, then we speak. So faith must be released, and it's important because that's how God does it. God releases his faith through words. He believed, therefore he spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. If you think about salvation, how do we become born again? How do we become saved? We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for us. And number two, we confess with our mouth. So it's the, if the most important decision that we would ever make salvation is through simply believing and speaking, confessing, then why would anything other, any other promise of God be any different? That means healing is the exact same way. We believe and therefore we speak. Financial prosperity and provision is the exact same way. We believe and therefore we speak. And so what are we doing? Because we don't want to just say, okay, well, if we can just say anything, then I'm just going to say whatever I want to say and you know, it'll come. That's not what we're talking about. It's what do you believe? Why do you believe that? Because you cannot believe for anything that without what God has said in his word. This is always the foundation for what we believe, is what God has said. And there are a lot of promises in here, which is why we, as a church at Redeemer Coast, we read our chapter Monday through Friday. I messed up that saying, but read the Bible. Monday through Friday, one chapter every day, because that's how we know his promises. That's how we know his will for our lives. So we believe, therefore we speak. And so what we're doing is we're actually taking a spiritual truth and we're bringing it into this natural realm. Because God is a spirit and how God operates is how we operate because we too are spirits. We are created in the same image after his likeness. So we don't operate the same way that the world operates. The world operates according to the, through the government or through how they feel or what other people are saying about different things. That's how the world operates. But we have a more sure word, and that is the word of God. And we operate the same way. So why do we release our faith? 
we release our faith is because we operate the same way that God operates. So if God said something, then we are going to say the same thing. Amen? All right, and then number two is how do we release our faith? We release our faith through our words and through our actions. How many of you guys remember the, the parable that Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 7 of the man who built his house upon the rock and the other man who built his house upon the sand? One man who built his house upon the rock, Jesus said, he who hears these words of mine and does them, he is likened unto a man who built his house upon the rock. And circumstances come, right? The winds will come, the rains will come, but he will stand because he is a doer of the word of God. Whereas the other one, he heard the words of Jesus, but, just because, but he didn't actually act on what he heard. And so he built his house. He like, Jesus likened him as a man who built his house upon the sand. And what happened? The winds came and the storm came and his house fell because he was not a doer of the word of God. So faith must be released. And it is done through our actions, by acting on the word of God, and it's done through our mouth, through speaking. And if you go back to uh, Mark chapter 11 again, when Jesus said, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That scripture we can base our life upon. We believe because of what God's word has, what God has said in his word, we believe. We speak what God has said and we act. And that is how faith is released. It is simple, but it's not always easy because when Jesus talked about that parable with the man who built his house upon the sand and the man who built his house upon the rock, what's going to happen is storms of life are going to come. Everybody's going to go through stuff. But just because problems happen, the, our issue, our problem isn't the actual circumstance. It's what do we believe about the circumstance. The problem that you and I may go through the issue in the is not in the circumstance itself. It's what do we believe about the circumstance? Because going back to the story of when I um, got that job, if I went into that interview and I went according to how I felt about myself and my own security, I would not have gotten that job. Because I would have acted upon the insecurity and I would have acted upon the, the doubt and the fear that I was feeling rather than acting on what God has said in his word. Because everything in me, in my flesh at the time, was fear. It was, don't, like, why bother going to this interview? It's not going to work out anyways. Like, that, those were the thoughts going through my mind. But then in, in my heart was God's word of, I will make you what you ought to be. So again, the circumstance is not the problem. It's what do you believe about it? And I believe that what God has said was true. So I'm going to go into that interview. I'm going to do well. God's word is true. He's going to make me what I ought to be, and I'm going to be successful in this job. And that is exactly what happened, because faith must be released. If you're going through any sort of circumstance, whatever you may be going through right now, 
It doesn't matter how big or how small it is, because sometimes we read these stories of these heroes of faith, and they're huge stories, they're massive, and you're thinking, how do I get to that place? Start with where you are at. If you're believing for a headache, and you're speaking to that thing that by his stripes I was healed, then you know what, that's a great place to start. It does not matter where you are starting. I remember hearing this story of um, a woman who was just, she wanted to hear the voice of God and to be led by the Spirit. Because she was hearing about you know, that you can be led by the Spirit. And she's like, I want to I want to know how to be led by the Spirit. So, you know, she was just like, um, she was praying one day and she said, Lord, I know that in your word it says that I am your sheep and that I know your voice and a stranger I will not follow. So I believe that, that to be true. So Father, I thank you for um, speaking to me and I thank you that I hear you. And as soon as she prayed that, she just got this thought that said, the lights are on in your car. She's like, what a random thought. She just kept ignoring it. And she, again, she'd go back to prayer and she would just encourage herself, Lord, I know that I am your sheep and I know your voice and a stranger I will not follow. And then the thought came back to her. Go check the light, in, or the light is on in your car. And again, she pushed it aside because, I mean, like, what a random thought. I'm trying to pray here. And again, so we go back to prayer and that thought, again, that, that thought came back to her. The light is on in your car. And she went, and she said, oh, maybe I should just go and check. And she goes out and checks, and then she realizes the light is on in her car. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to her and leading her. Sometimes we try to make these things so big, and we forget, like, it's simple. This is about our relationship with God. He knows where you are at. He knows where you are at, and you can have confidence in Him that as you begin to step out in faith, no matter how big or how small of that step, He is faithful to catch you. There's an amazing quote that I love from um, Lillian B. Yeoman, and she said that God delights in His children when they step out into the aching void with nothing beneath their feet but the Word of God. And sometimes that's what it feels like, because when you look around you, the circumstances feel like, oh my goodness, I cannot do this. How is this going to work? How is God going to provide for my needs? Or this doctor's report says something absolutely horrible. Or my, my family, like my child is never going to come back to the Lord. And all these things, you know, they may look absolutely huge. But you know what? Come back to what God has said in his word. What God has said in his word. And you just build yourself up with what he has said. So how do we build ourselves up? How do we get his word in us? Is again, we simply come back and we read the, we read the chapter. We read our chapter one day a week. Or not one day a week. One chapter a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Continue reading, reading that. Get his word in your heart. Listen to podcasts. We've got podcasts. We've got those YouTube sermons on there. There's tons of stuff that you can come and listen to good sound teaching and get God's will and his promises filled in your heart so that when you go and you face these circumstances, what's going to come out of you is his word. So then again, we, how can faith be released? Through our actions and through speaking. Faith must be released. Well, let's look at this in the Bible then. Let's look at, look at some examples of how faith is released. Let's turn to Mark chapter 5. I'm sure many of you guys have heard this story, but this is the story of the paralytic man who had four friends. And so he was paralyzed, who knows for how long. But so he got, he's got four friends who come in and say, we're going to take you to Jesus because we know that Jesus is the one who can heal you. They were probably sick and tired of 
taking him to, like, lifting him up and bringing him to the court every single time and then taking him home every single time. I mean, it gets tiring after a while looking after people. So they're like, you know what? You're going to go to Jesus. You're going to get healed. And that was their ex expectation. And so just imagine these, these four guys, they come along and they're taking him on this stretcher or this cot or whatever those things that they had back then. And they come in and they're about to enter Jesus' house, but it's completely packed out. Completely packed. If that were you in that situation, what would your response be? Sometimes I like to put myself in these situations and think, how would I actually respond if that was me? Sometimes it just might be easier to go, to go home and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe not today, I'll just go at another time. Or some other way of getting in. That's what these guys thought. These guys were like, okay, well, you know what? If we're going to get in there somehow because we have got to get you to Jesus. So by, based on their actions, what can we tell about these guys? They believed that Jesus was their answer. They believed that Jesus was their healer and that this guy was going to stand up. Because they're like, this is the last time we're carrying you anywhere. So what do they do? They come in and they cut a hole in the roof of, G of, of Jesus' roof in his home and they lower him down right in front of Jesus. And in Mark chapter 5, it says that Jesus saw their faith. So faith can be seen. What you believe can be seen. Again, going back to Mark chapter 11, Jesus said, have faith in God. Therefore I say unto you, whatever so things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Um, therefore I say unto you, I should turn back there, sorry guys. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. It doesn't mean, it doesn't, Jesus does not say he will have whatever he believes. He will have whatever he says. So if these four guys just believed that Jesus was the healer, but they didn't act on what they believed, would that paralyzed man be walking at the end of that, at the end of that story? No. It's because they heard about Jesus, they came to him, and they, <laughs> faith, when you are in faith, nothing will stop you because you are fully convinced that this is God's will. So they cut open that hole, they lowered him down, and they believed, and Jesus saw their faith. And that man walked out of that room completely whole and completely well because faith must be released. What about in Acts chapter 14? Do we have that on the screen? Perfect. It says, And in, um, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, and Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Again, let's just take some time to unpack this, because... It's, this is a man who was crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked. So this, there's this crippled man just sitting here. Eric, come here. This is my, this is my brother, Eric. And I'm just um, giving this to you because uh, when we were growing up, my dad would always get us to act out like Bible stories. And uh, since you're here, this works out really well. And Marcel too. Eric's only here till Saturday, so I'm just gonna use him while I can. Marcel's here for a year, so 
No. Okay, so Eric, you're going to be the crippled man. <laughs> yeah, hope you can all see him. Well, he's still tall even when he's sitting down. So Eric is the crippled man, and Marcel, you're going to be Paul, and you're going to be tending to be preaching. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So he's, so Marcel is, Paul here is preaching, and we've got a crippled man over here. Now, so, so this, this crippled man over there, he's hearing about the healing power of Jesus because he heard something, right? Obviously, this guy was hearing something in order to that faith was being stirred in him. And so while he's preaching, he looks over there and look intently like you're ready to receive something. <laughs> he is intently hearing. He is a not only a just a hearer of the word, he's a doer of the word. And so while Paul is preaching, what if he just sat there hearing about healing but not doing anything about it? What if he just sat there? Because it says Paul seeing that he had faith to be healed. So again, you can tell as ministers and stuff, you can tell when someone's with you. You can tell when someone's knowing what you're saying and they're believing it to be true because they're with you. And so you can just see on this crippled man, his face, he's with Paul. He's like, yes, Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. I know that by his stripes I am healed. But just because you believe it, if you do not act on that belief and act on what God has said in his word, do you actually receive, can you receive your healing? If you just sat there, <laughs> if you just sat there and did not act on his faith, he would still be sitting there. But Paul, seeing that he had faith to be healed, what did you tell him? You say, rise up. Rise up. On your feet. On your feet. So what does he do? What is he doing right here? He is acting. And he goes, look, jumping and sleeping and praising God. Yes. He was acting. He's acting on his faith. He's acting what he knows to be true. So we as believers, that's what we've got to do is we hear, we hear the promises of God. We hear the will of God. You guys are good. You can sit down. This is fist bump. So that's how you act on your faith. It is so simple. But you have to always come back to what has the Lord said in his word. So you hear what God has said in his word, and then you ask yourself, what do I believe to be true? Because that crippled guy could have believed, well, yes, I believe Jesus is the healer, but I'm crippled, and I'm going to stay this way. He could have believed that. But by the grace of God, he chose to act on what the Lord has said in his word. And you know what? Again, wherever you guys are at, Use your faith with where you are at. doesn't matter how small or how big it is. With where you are at, God is faithful to you. With where you are at. And um, Brother Hagen, which was um, Kenneth Hagen, he is the founder of Rhema um, Bible Training Center, which started in the States, with, which Pastor Grant and Linda went to in the 80s. And I went to Rhema here in um, 2015. Um, but he's, he's the one who started um, Rhema Bible Training Center and all that kind of stuff. And he has an amazing story of that when he was growing up, like he had a heart disease, a heart condition, he was paralyzed. And when he was, um, was he about 17 or so, he was lying in bed. And you know, he came across Mark 11, 22 to 24. And he just let the words just start to meditate on those words and to believe that what God has said in his word to be true. And so he came to that place where, 
Okay, Lord, I believe that your word is true, and I believe that I am healed. That's a great place to be. It's a good place to be that, yes, you believe that. But the next step from there is we have to release our faith. Because if we don't release our faith, what good is it? What James chapter 2 says, faith without works, faith without corresponding actions is dead. It's useless. So he came to that place where he believed in his heart that, yes, I am healed. But you can't just end there because, again, you need to have the actions. You need to speak. You need to release your faith. And so as he was lying there in bed, the Lord said to him, well, if you believe you're healed, people ought to be up, people ought to be up at this time of day. So he's going to now act on what he believes to be true. So he said that he grabbed one leg and tossed it over one side, and he grabbed the other leg, tossed it on the other side. He didn't feel a thing. He felt absolutely nothing. But he believed what God said in his word to be true, that what God has said in his word to carry more weight than what, how, how he felt and what was going through his mind, because faith is from the heart. Right? We can't ever forget that faith is from your, our hearts and not from our heads. We can't reason the promises of God. So he acted on his faith, he acted on what believed, and he stood up out of bed. And that he finally got to walk. And he's died, I think he passed away in 2003, but the doctor said he wouldn't make it past 16. He was 83 or so when he passed away. That is the promises of God at work in his life. And because it worked for him, God is no respecter of persons, and it will work for us too. I know, again, in my own life, um, I was believing God for finances when I was in Bible college, and you guys may have heard me explain this before, but you know, when you're in Bible college, and, and I was like a fresh 20-year-old, no idea what I was doing, first time moving away from home, and I was believing God for finances, and I had this job working as a waitress, and I kind of got fired slash let go of this job. I was not a very good waitress. <laughs> Which is surprising. I thought it'd be better than what I was. I think it was just like the accents as well. It took me a long time to figure out like the R's. You guys don't say R here, so it took me a long time to figure that out. What people were actually ordering, so I would get their order wrong, and it was just a frustrating thing. It was a really fancy restaurant. Some of the names were in, were in Italian and French, and I was like, "This is hopeless. This is Italian French with Australian accents. This is not going to work." So, anyways, I was let go of this job, and she kindly said to me, "Chloe, um." We may not have uh, many more hours for you coming up here, just so you know. I was like, okay, thanks. So I remember like, leaving my shift, walking out there, and I grabbed my, my push bike, and oh man, your thoughts, your thoughts go crazy, because you think, how am I going to live? How am I going to buy food? How am I going to get anywhere? How am I going to pay for my rent? How am I going to pay for my cell phone bill? And all of these things will go, right? You guys know what this feels like in the middle of the night when you're like, mine is just going off, right? These thoughts will come to you. And so those thoughts are, were there as I'm riding my push bike. But then you have that decision, okay, what do I believe to be true? Do I believe how I feel right now and what my bank account says and what my current situation says? Or do I believe what God has said in his word? It says in Philippians chapter four that God will supply all of your need according to your rich according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I remember grabbing my push bike and thinking, okay, I have a decision to make here. What am I going to believe? And um, 
the Lord spoke to my heart. God is so good. He is so faithful to just help you. He'll give you words to say. And he said to me, he gave me the scripture. Um, well, it was a phrase. He said, your circumstances may have changed, but my word has not changed. So just because God says that, that's a true statement, but what do you believe about it? So I said, right there in there, I said, Lord, I'm going to put my feelings aside. I'm going to put the circumstances of my bank account and my screaming thoughts aside, and I'm going to choose to believe your word. And so I grabbed every provision scripture I could think of, and I wrote it down, and I put them all over my wall. And every morning when I would wake up, I would come up, I would stand up, and I would read these scriptures word for word. That from my, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I wasn't just speaking something just for the sake of speaking it. I spoke it because I believed it. It came from my heart where I know, God, that you are faithful. I know that your word is true. So I wrote those scriptures all over my wall. I spoke every single day just to also get the word in you. And that's another way of getting the word in your heart is by speaking it out loud in your mouth. It comes back in your heart. And so then my next thought was, well, okay, if I believe this to be true, how would I act? Well, I would give. I would sow into um, different ministries and I would sow into the church and I would keep, keep tithing, keep sowing, keep giving. Because fear would tell you, don't give. You need to save every penny you can. Fear would tell you, oh, you better scrimp. You better save as much as you can because you may not have enough for next week. That would be fear talking. But if I truly believe that what God has said, that my God shall supply all of my needs, then I will give gladly and willingly and cheerfully because I know that God has said in his word to be true. So I believe God's word. I spoke his word and I acted on his word. And I can boldly declare, I never missed a meal. I never missed a rent payment. God is faithful. Faith must be released. We release our faith through speaking and through acting. So with what you are, with where you are right now, you need to ask, your, ask yourself, what do you believe to be true? Ask yourself, how have I been speaking about a situation? If there's maybe a situation or a circumstance that's been going on for a long time, sometimes it's good to check about what have I actually been saying about this circumstance? Or how have I been acting? It's good to evaluate ourselves. Paul even said in Corinthians, examine to see if you are in faith. Examine yourself. Do you believe what God has said in his word to be true? If so, then declare it boldly from your heart, knowing that God is faithful, watching over his word to perform it and act on it. A good question to ask yourself regularly is, if I believe that this is true, how would I act? Let's all stand up together. right now sometimes you need the wisdom of God of how to act because you don't want to act just you come you come up with your own action do you know what I mean like you don't want to just say okay well um, if I like I've, I've known people who believe God that okay I'm, I'm gonna be free from diabetes and just throw their medication away and I mean it's good if you have been instructed by the Lord to do that 
But if you are not there in your faith yet, that was not a very good decision. They have to go back to the doctor and get their medication again. So what you want to do is you want to ask the Lord, Lord, what is my instruction? Because he knows where you're at. And he'll give you things to say. He'll give you an action to do that'll help you to release your faith. So right now, we're just going to sing that last song, I Love You, Lord. And just allow the Lord to show you what to speak and what we can do. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for our church this morning. Father, you know their circumstances. You know their situation. You know what is what the desire of their heart is. Father, I ask you to show them the steps that they are to take to act on their faith and give them words to speak. Thank you, Father. So right now, let's just lift up our hands to him. Lord, we receive words to say. And we receive wisdom of how we can act on what we believe with where we are at right now.